you no longer have to work. Financial freedom is not about how much money you have or how many toys you have. Instead, it comes from a concept developed by R. Buckminster Fuller, one of the real creative geniuses of the 20th century. Bucky, as he was called, said, If you stopped working today and continued to live at your current standard of living, how long would you last? If you could last a month, then you are one month wealthy. If you could last five years, then you are five years wealthy. And if you could last forever, then you are infinitely wealthy. Many people interpret this to mean, if I need $4,000 per month to live on, and I have $400,000 saved up, then I am 100 months wealthy. However, there is a much better way to look at this concept. What if your $400,000 produced passive income, income you received without having to work? For example, what if you made 12% in passive income from investing in certain stocks with your $400,000? 12% of $400,000 is $48,000. So your $400,000 could give you $48,000 in income. When you divide that yearly income by 12 months, it amounts to $4,000 per month. You could live off that income indefinitely and be financially free. You would never have to work again. Of course, there are a number of issues with this idea. You might think that stocks paying dividends of 12% or giving those rates of capital appreciation are unrealistic. Not true. You simply have to know where to look. There are stocks that give returns of 15% or more in today's market. For example, Steve Shugarud recently found several stocks that he called virtual banks. One stock, Anworth, had a dividend payout amounting to 43% interest over two years when he first recommended it in August of 2002. Another virtual bank, Annalee Mortgage, which Steve recommended in March of 2002, paid similar dividends. Both still pay good returns as of this writing, and both have appreciated considerably since Steve recommended them. There are always opportunities like this available to you. But this isn't a book about which stocks to buy. Instead, my goal is to show you how to find such opportunities. In fact, I'll do even better than that. I'll show you strategies in many different investment arenas that pay even higher rates of return. You might wonder if the $4,000 per month that person needed for financial freedom included taxes. It should, but if you meant $4,000 per month after taxes, then you either have to minimize your taxes or include them in your monthly number. The good news is that you'll pay much less in taxes on passive income than you will on earned income. When your money works for you, the returns don't get taxed by nearly the amount that your income gets taxed when you work for money. What if the price of a stock goes down? What if it starts to pay less in dividends? These are valid concerns about risk control, a topic that is covered in Part 4 of this book. Consider generating diverse streams of passive income so that if one area is weak at any given time, you have others to support you. When your passive income is greater than your expenses, you don't have to work. You are infinitely wealthy and have attained financial freedom. 
The other part of the financial freedom equation is your expenses. I went through an acquisition period in my life that lasted over two years. I acquired every toy I could possibly want as soon as it attracted my attention. For me, the joy of getting each toy was the most fun. Once I obtained them, however, those same toys tended to own me. I had to maintain them. I had to clean them. I had to keep track of them. And often, I could not sell them for nearly the price at which I had bought them. Those items all owned me. We live in a consumer society. We are told that if we want to feel good about ourselves, we need this or that luxury. A bigger house, a better car, more toys. He who has the most toys wins, seems to be a rule that many people live by. This mindset demands instant gratification, and that often requires spending more than we have, which leads to borrowing money. And to help us along, as soon as we get into college, we are given the opportunity to get credit cards. My niece, a Malaysian citizen in her third year of college in the United States, has never worked in this country but gets two to three credit card applications each week. People run up huge debts and pay 18% to 21% interest per year on them. And even though interest rates have been going down, most credit card interest rates don't go down at all. Most people enter the job market with a load of credit card debt. If they do manage to save enough for a down payment on a home, they quickly take out a home equity loan to consolidate their debts. That encourages them to run up more credit card debt, which could cause them to lose their house. The average American family has more than $7,000 in credit card debt, which means that they are paying about $100 each month just to service that debt. That $100 in debt payment is probably a lot more than they are saving, and this situation keeps most people a long way from being financially free. USA Today, August 12, 2003, reported that the average college senior has more than $3,000 in credit card debt, and that 28% of college seniors have more than $7,000 in credit card debt. This is on top of their college loans. Debt has become a chronic problem. Most people get their financial education through friends and family. The most common advice in these ad hoc schools of life is, get a good education so you can get a good job. When you've done that, you can buy a nice home, a new car, and a big screen television. After all, the house is only $1,200 per month, the car is only $400 per month, and the television is only $120 per month. You can afford it. Unfortunately, this philosophy doesn't prepare anyone to be financially free. Instead, it conditions people to work at a job to pay for items that continue to cost money, sometimes for as long as they own them. Your banker may even allow you to list some of these items as assets if you approach him for a loan. I want to offer you a better definition of assets. Assets produce positive cash flow that comes to you on a regular basis. So anything in your life that pays you because you own it is an asset. Anything you pay to own, on the other hand, is a liability. Under this definition, the home you live in is probably a liability, even if the mortgage is paid off, because you still have to pay insurance, taxes, and repairs to live in it. 
and chances are your home doesn't produce one penny of cash flow for you each month. Some might argue that if your home goes up in value, it is an income-producing asset, but you don't receive that income until you sell it. Even though you would have to pay money to live somewhere else, and you are not spending money on housing, that simply means your home is a lesser liability. But it's not an asset under this definition. In order for something to qualify as a real asset, it must be producing a positive cash flow, money coming into you on a scheduled basis. As I began to discover how much my possessions were starting to own me, Bucky Fuller's concept of infinite wealth reshaped my thinking. And once I began thinking in terms of passive income and infinite wealth, I started to actively reduce my financial freedom number. As a result, I became financially free within six months. It doesn't take super intelligence to do it. It just requires some simple changes in your thinking and some action. Anyone can do it. My goal in writing this book is to help you reshape your thinking in the same way and take some simple steps. The key to financial freedom is to know your financial freedom number so well that if anyone were to ask you, you could immediately say something like, "I'm two thousand four hundred dollars per month away from financial freedom." Financial freedom is about reducing that number, and this book is designed to teach you how. Chapter One: What It Takes for You to Never Have to Work Again. Imagine that you never have to work again in your life. If you do choose to work, all the extra money that comes in is used to improve your lifestyle, and help those you care about. You take two-month-long vacations each year. You even have a list of places you want to visit. Exotic places.